Welcome to Cryptonized, the show that interviews the crypto masters and their ideas on investing and the blockchain. And now here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cryptonized, the show where we interview experts in the crypto industry. This is an interesting week, and uh, I, I brought on Ben from BitBoy Crypto to kind of talk about what's going on in China. There's a lot going on. There's raids, there's announcements, there's all sorts of human rights violations. Ben, before we jump into that, uh, welcome to the show and give us a little bit of your background, maybe in a hundred words or less. Okay, uh, so I, I'm usually long-winded, so I don't know if I'll be able to do that. Crap, I think I just used 25 of my words. So, <laughs> you did. Um, but uh, I, I've been in Bitcoin since 2012. Uh, I've been uh, a content creator in the space, uh, specializing in crypto news since uh, January 2018. Um, I got into crypto a long time ago, but I wasn't really actively involved in the community until the last few years. And I felt like I had something to bring to the table. So, you know, a friend pressured me to, to start a YouTube channel and I started it and I talk about crypto news. And I uh, also am the founder of bitboycrypto.com, which is, uh, you know, a, a crypto news website. So uh, I would say my specialty is being up to date on, you know, current events in the crypto space, but also have, you know, enough history in Bitcoin to kind of be able to put it in perspective. Wonderful. Okay, so I want to dive right in because we don't have a lot of time. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in China. Can you kind of give us your high-level understanding of all the things that are happening, and uh, then we'll dive in a little deeper? Yeah, uh, the high-level thing here is uh, basically LibraCoin, when the hearings were all in, uh, you know, on Capitol Hill, uh, when David Marcus from uh, – Facebook was talking about LibraCoin. They got all kinds of pushback. China saw that as a big opportunity to really push forward in blockchain and cryptocurrency. And so what we saw them do quickly after the first hearings was announce their People's Bank of China coin, uh, the CBDC. And then uh, shortly thereafter, they announced their own government's coin, uh, which is, I think, the DCEP, so, something like that. I can't remember the exact initials. But so they've got two coins going over there. And so... They announced that they were going to be going all into blockchain technology maybe about three to four weeks ago. We saw a huge pump in the market. Uh, of course, now it's subsided and we've actually returned to, to prices lower than even before that announcement. And a lot of people thought when that announcement hit, they're like, this was great for Bitcoin. This was great for cryptocurrency, even though they specifically were saying blockchain. They're going all in on blockchain. So to me, it's pretty clear what, what is happening, which is that China is now seeing blockchain technology as its way to uh, kind of eat into the United States, uh, you know, economic supremacy. I think our economy is about 50% bigger than theirs is right now. And they're seeing that as a huge opportunity because we've gotten bogged down in regulation around LibraCoin and, and, you know, other SEC cases. And meanwhile, they're saying they're going to push way forward on it. But what people didn't anticipate, I believe, is that they're really trying to clear the way for their own coins. So what they're doing is, is they're actually coming down hard on crypto exchanges right now because they see the Chinese crypto exchanges are a good way for people to funnel money out of China and into somewhere else, which is defeating the purpose for what they're wanting to do to, to eventually become you know, the, the world's biggest economy. So is this really interesting dynamic going on right now where, you know, 
Bit, or, uh, blockchain, not Bitcoin, seems to be the narrative that China is pushing. And where they're going to try to make their own cryptocurrency the top, the you know the top dog in cryptocurrency, and so that's very concerning. You know, if, if you're a fan of Bitcoin or if you're a fan of altcoins, because China does have have a lot of pull. So, um, and I I do think also it's it's very important to understand that the larger narrative of China, uh, propping up their own you know the value of their own yuan, uh, you know fighting against Hong Kong with with the protests and the riots that are going on there now, and then of course there's uh, you know several concentration camps in China where they're keeping. Yep. You know, I, I believe six million Muslims, uh, you know, captive. So a, a lot of stuff going on, uh, you know, so we can kind of break down each one of those pieces if you want. Well, let's start with, you know, kind of China opening up their own cryptocurrency. I mean, and put that in contrast, I, I believe it was last week, there's a bipartisan bill introduced in the U.S. Congress where they're trying to make stable coins a security Mm -hmm. um, and then put a, a lot of severe restrictions around that. And here we've got on the other the other side of the Pacific, you've got China, who's saying we're going to embrace blockchain. We're going to create our own. Yes, it'll be centralized. I mean, what would you expect out of a communist government? But at least they're embracing it. They're saying we're we're going to go all in on this. And then, you know, our U.S. government seems to be anti uh, blockchain, anti crypto. So how? How would how should we read this right now? What are you thinking about it? Well, I, I think that uh, you know, like I mentioned before, China kind of having this master plan to uh, dominate the world in cryptocurrency with their own centralized crypto is very concerning to me for what the future is going to look like in terms of the Bitcoin price because China is a huge player in the world economy, obviously. Uh, they're very manipulative. Uh, a lot of people say that they actually peaked 10 years ago and they're kind of, you know, living inside of a giant economic bubble right now that's ready to pop. But they somehow they're just able to kind of keep the scheme going, you know. Um, and I think that's concerning because they're going to be, you know, hellbent on keeping that bubble from popping in their own country. And cryptocurrency seems like an outlet to do that. So if, if they really want to make their own crypto uh, the coin of Asia and then eventually the coin of the world, then you know I don't really know what's there to to stop them. The United States, on the other hand, where we're really bogged down in regulation, um, I think at the same time we're starting to see some some clues that some people in Congress and in the Senate, uh, in kind of in the the back the back channels of our government, are starting to see that you know we're going to have to take a step forward in blockchain. We're going to have to move in that direction to combat what China is doing. Uh, we're seeing this very interesting uh, dynamic in uh, politics surface in the United States where we're starting to see that the Democratic side of the aisle is against cryptocurrency. But the Republican side of the aisle is starting to see that for the sake of capitalism, that if we allow China to get very far out in front of us, that we may not be able to recover from it. So they're starting to see it more as a, a a capitalist economic issue than a technological issue, if you will. And I think that that's, you know, really what a lot of people are calling like the new space race, uh, where that could actually be, uh, you know, heading because of that Republican support. Now, it's not a, a, an issue as divisive as like abortion or, you know, it, uh, 
uh, immigration, or anything like that at this time. But I do believe that blockchain technology and cryptocurrency in general will become a completely divided issue in this country politically, just like every other issue is. You know, you, 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 it's really hard to find an issue that is not, you know, cut down the middle on party lines. Yeah, uh, especially in this day and age. It, so, exactly. I, as you know, the Republicans are for it. Trump's kind of against it. I, I don't really understand that, but uh, given his, his philosophy, but it just seems like not a lot's been done to either regulate it or to provide some clear, clear guidelines. I know the SEC chimes in. They do their own raids. But I, I don't have a clear vision as to what's going to happen here going forward. Now, China's made directives, and they said this is what we're doing. Do you think, uh, do you think we're going to have some a, kind of those clear guidelines going forward anytime soon from anyone in the government? I think it's going to be more of a, I think it's going to kind of be what we've seen with marijuana almost, where it's like everybody's just kind of throwing their hands up and said, you know, we'll just, we'll let it be, you know, decided at the state level. Uh, you know, federally, you don't hear uh, Donald Trump or, you know, I know some of the Democratic candidates are, you know, saying they want to legalize it, whatever, but it's, it's not necessarily like a regulation. It's more just like a backing off. And I, I think that's what we'll see uh, with blockchain crypto in the United States, um, as long as Facebook is not allowed to have a coin. I mean, that's that's right, really yeah. what that's what boils down to. That's what it boils down to. They're they're terrified. The United States government is terrified of, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, who's like a legitimately bad person, uh, being in charge of the world economics. Which, if Libra has a stable coin, uh, they're the you know Facebook's user base. I believe is bigger than any country's population. I believe it's over like one point six, yeah, billion or something yeah. like that. So, um, but but going, I, I want to retouch on a couple points here that that you mentioned. Um, but let's go back to the stable coins. Um, with, with the stable coin regulation, I think what you're seeing is, is you are seeing the United States paving the way in the future if it has to go that direction for the United States to have its own stable coin and for it to be supreme. I, I think that's what we're kind of seeing with them, uh, you know, trying to clear out all the current stable coins. But as far as Donald Trump goes, I would argue that Donald Trump is actually very bullish on Bitcoin. I believe that if you got him privately away from his offense or his office, I keep saying the word wrong, office as executive in chief of the United States, I believe he's all for it. I believe he probably has Bitcoin investments. I would be shocked if he doesn't. However, you got to think about it in terms of this. If I'm the president of the United States of America, and Bitcoin is obviously a threat to the value of the U.S. dollar, which, as being the reserve currency of the world, is what actually gives the United States its power as the strongest country in the world. If I'm president, for me to come out and publicly say something that would demean the value of my own country's economy would just be wrong. And so even if he really personally believes that it's the future or personally believes that Bitcoin has a place, as president, he kind of has to come out and make the kind of statement that, that he made. Um, because while he's not a, a career politician like most people that run for office are, um, you know, he, he still understands the games of politics quite well. So um, I, I think that he definitely does not. I think he was almost made to tweet uh, the famous Bitcoin tweet that he had, I believe, back in May. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So you, th you felt maybe he was pressured to do it. But, you know, he, he typically speaks his mind. I, I just don't understand 
given his positions in the past, why he would take this position with Bitcoin. And maybe you're right. Maybe he was kind of forced to, but it just doesn't seem like he cares about what anyone else thinks. He just, you know, says what he what he wants to say. I would say that I understand where you're coming from, and and, and I generally agree with you. Um, it, that tweet really didn't. It didn't sound like his normal tweets, in my opinion. Um, and, and that was kind of one reason that led led me to to say that. But I think it almost felt like maybe he wasn't forced by a, a, another politician, but he felt like in a way forced because he had to type out something that maybe he really didn't believe, but it was still the best thing for him uh, politically, if, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Let's kind of translate all this into what's going on in the past couple of weeks, you know, the price went up, now it's down. Right. What's going on? Do you think it's all China? I do. I mean, I, I believe China is a huge reason for this fluctuation in price. Um, and, and, you know, I think also the institutional investors that can wait years and years and years to see profits, I think that plays a role too because we've seen is we've seen a rise in backed. We've also seen a, de a decrease in price. Um, the day that backed launched was I think the single biggest day crash for Bitcoin we had in quite some time. Um, so I think that China and the institutional investors right now are working to, to, to push the price down. I, I, I do believe that ultimately the market does want to go up. I think there's more people that are bullish than bearish. However, it just seems like all the bearish people have all the money right now. Um, and you know, everyone wanted you know, everyone was excited when China said they were going all in on blockchain technology. But I did some interviews with people at World CryptoCon, and a lot of the influencers said, you know, the same thing, which was they said blockchain, they didn't say Bitcoin. They didn't say cryptocurrency. They said blockchain. Um, yeah. And th that was very intentional for them to do that. So uh, I think that it, it's just kind of a situation where the market is under more manipulation now than, than ever. And you got to think about it like this. When the price was going up, the market was around 850 billion was, I think, the, the height in 2017. Um, but now the total market cap is only about $200 billion. I haven't checked it today. It's actually probably under $2 billion uh, today. So what that means is the lower the price of the overall market cap, the easier it is to manipulate. That's why it's much easier uh, you know, for the powers that be, whether it be China or institutional investors, to push the price down when the market is lower. That's what really makes these bear markets, you know, go down much lower than people ever anticipated. So um, ultimately, the, we've got to see the price run up. I, I don't know when. I mean, I'm starting to think that maybe it, maybe, maybe we're still a year or two away. Um, but I, I definitely believe that, that China is playing a big role in pushing this price down because, you know, kind of the same way I mentioned the United States wants to clear the way for it to maybe have its own stable coin in the future. I believe that China is trying to clear the way, you know, clear out exchanges, clear out ways that people are sending money out of China, uh, clear out, you know, altcoins that depend heavily upon uh, many of these exchanges. So that way they can come slip their own cryptocurrency right in there and, you know, be the top dog. Well, speaking of uh, clear out exchanges, we had some interesting ha things happen in the past couple of weeks. And one of which has become a, a big Twitter war yeah. between... Uh, Finance and a site called The Block, and uh, we've got plenty of people weighing in on this discussion, including myself, by the way. And um, why don't you kind of walk through what happened? Uh, it started with a block story, and you know what else? What else occurred? 
Yeah, so it started with a block story. The block basically said um, that there's a pretty reputable news site, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. They came out and said that they had a source who confirmed that uh, there was a raid in an office in a Binance office in Shanghai. So then CZ came out quickly thereafter, said there's absolutely no truth to it, says they don't even have an office in Shanghai. And many people have said that they actually don't have one. Um, people started digging up tweets from 2017 where they clearly mentioned an office in Shanghai. Um, my my thinking on this, my understanding was, and, and I believe still is, is that at one time Binance did have an office in China. Uh, they then moved to Japan, and then they were forced to move to Malta uh, because of some regulation in Japan. And so now their office is in Malta. I know it is, as most companies in crypto are, it is decentralized. So they, they do have people working in a you know remote fashion or, around the world. But I don't believe that they have an office in Shanghai. And, and in my opinion, what happened um, in, you know, is the last few years in the political sphere, not to keep harping on that, um, is we're going through impe impeachment hearings now, the Russian collusion stuff, is that a lot of times you have legitimate sources that give you what you believe to be very good and trustworthy information that turns out ultimately to be false. And I think that's what we're dealing with here. CZ's talking about suing the block. I think that yeah. the block is kind of in a situation where they've dug their heels in and they've just said, look, this happened. We don't care if, you know, we don't care what anyone else says about it. Like we trust our source, but I think this source is wrong. And there's been a lot of, uh, you know, larger exchanges in China. I, I won't mention who they are, um, but there are definitely exchanges in China that do FUD attacks on other projects. And, you know, they could do something like providing a source to uh, a media outlet and, saying that this is 100% true, maybe even sending pictures that makes it look like they were real, when in reality it's just an attack on, on another exchange. So Binance is certainly not without um, uh, without fault, not in this situation, but in everything they've done. There's plenty of things that Binance has done that I've strongly disagreed with, publicly disagreed with, and I've actually talked directly to their PR team about some of those things. Um, but I do think in this one situation, it does appear that uh, they're they're in the right on this one. Yeah, I, I do too, uh, especially with the use of the word raid, and people think raid. I mean, there's a, a de very definitive picture that comes to mind, right? right. Like police are arresting people, they're taking yeah. files and computers, and I think clearly that didn't happen. And I'm a little disappointed in the block and not retracting that story right away. I mean, anytime I see these anonymous source stories i mean my eyes start to roll yeah. pretty quickly I, I just don't believe most of them um because nine times out of ten they they end up being false um only in this day and age it didn't used to be that way now it seems like people feel oh, i can get away with it so i'm gonna i'm just gonna come up with something that didn't happen or maybe it partially happened but wasn't the entire truth so but uh, yeah i mean the block didn't handle it very well and now Justin Suns chimed in. There's a, a few other people that are creating this FUD fund to help sue the press. I actually think this is a good idea to keep the press honest because the press, especially in this day and age, uh, and, and I'm not even talking about political press. I'm talking about the, uh, the press in the crypto space just isn't honest, whether it's pumping stocks or whether it's you know doing what uh, the block did to Binance. So uh, I, I'm happy to see it happen, and um, yeah, we'll see what happens with the rest of the story. The only thing I'm a little murky about is, did they have a Shanghai office? 
I think I think CZ got the heck out of there. I, I don't think he yeah. wanted to stick around. I mean, it wasn't he yeah. bouncing around from hotel to hotel around the world for a while because you're afraid he was going to be arrested. Uh, I'm, I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, I'm not 100% sure, but I do know that they were very quick to be one of the first companies to move a permanent office to Malta when Malta announced, you know, right. blockchain-friendly okay. uh, policies. Okay. And that was a rumor, by the way, that I'm uh, now now spreading, but at least I'm labeling it as, as a rumor. I don't know if he did or didn't. <laughs> so, all right, so we got um, that raid, but there were a few other raids, one in particular right. that we should talk about that were legit, wasn't, weren't they? Yeah, there was one raid in particular um, on the BISS exchange, B-I-S-S. Uh, a lot of people maybe have never heard of this exchange. However, if you've heard of IOST, uh, then you probably have heard of that. That's a that's a project. It's around number 70 in coin, on CoinMarketCap right now. Uh, I actually run a block producing node for IOST, and it's, it's a project that's near and dear to my heart. Um, but when they first launched their DPOS system, the voting was done through the BISS exchange. So people actually had to load their IOST onto BIS and then vote. Now, about a month after the mainnet was launched and voting began, uh, decentralized way, ways to vote popped up through an app called Token Pocket or uh, through the iWallet Chrome extension uh, that you could vote directly with your mainnet account. So I actually moved all of my IOST off of BIS and several people did too. However, a lot of people never moved it. A lot of people just sat with their initial votes. They stayed. And there's a lot of IOST sitting on BIS right now. BIS was recently rated uh, in the true definition of the word, and 18 employees were arrested. Now, it's very important for people to understand why it was rated. And, and this kind of you know really ties back to the whole China narrative. It wasn't rated because it's insolvent. It wasn't rated because it was doing anything wrong with people's money. It wasn't rated because it had bad security. It was rated because uh, it was trading U.S. stocks on their exchange as well. So apparently that's against the law in other places of the world. And China saw that as an opportunity to come seize that exchange. So I, I believe and I've been told that customer funds on the exchange are safe because it wouldn't make, it wouldn't make sense for you know, the Chinese government to come in, shut the exchange down because they're trying to protect investors and then take the money, you know, I, I believe that everyone will be able to get their money back off of the exchange. So it's not like a quadriga, you know, uh, or uh, I think, what was the other one called? I, the Einstein exchange, there was another one in Canada uh, where they were insolvent and that's why they got raided. Right. So <clears throat> if, right. you, if, you, if you look at what China is trying to do here, this is just an exchange. They found a reason to attack and they attacked that exchange and now Basically, all of that money that was on the exchange, I mean, they're, they're really in control of, of who gets that. And I think that they're very nervous about people moving money out of China. So uh, outside of IOST, there were definitely other coins on there, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Like I said, there were stocks, Apple, uh, I believe Tesla was on there as well. So we'll just have to see what they do with it. But it's really them putting their foot down and saying, we, we are in control of exchanges. If you operate in China, then we are in control, you or not. Right. But I don't know if they understand that once you become decentralized, they're not going to be able to control anything, but we'll see. Right. Yeah. Um, what else about China uh, should we discuss before we wrap things up? I mean, it seems like it's got a pretty big impact on uh, the whole crypto market. And now with the announcement about blockchain, uh, perhaps the you know blockchain industry in general. Yeah. I mean, China has 
pretty much since the beginning played a pretty big role in Bitcoin, at least since, you know, 2012, 2013 and on. And I think we'll continue to see China and really all of Asia play play a huge role. Um, but one thing I, I do just want to want to mention, I want to go back to talking about the concentration camps that are in, uh, I think they call them gulags, I believe. Uh, they're, they're concentration camps in China. Right now they have 6 million Muslims in those concentration camps. And if you look at the Holocaust uh, that happened in obviously the, the 40s, 30s and 40s, you know, 1.3 million Jews were killed during that time. And we look back at that as probably the biggest tragedy in world history. Well, they have 6 million that there's no telling what they're going to do with. And there are a lot of, uh, you know, rumors, and I believe confirmed cases, I can't point to one specifically, that they're doing... Uh, organ harvesting with those people that are in those concentration camps. So this could be one of the biggest, you know, tragedies we, we've ever seen, depending upon the way it unfolds. And a lot of people, they just stay silent about this because they want to be able to get a visa to go cover a, you know, a, a project in China or whatever the case may be. But I feel like personally, it's my job to speak out about what China is doing because it's, it's absolutely insane, the human rights violations that are occurring there. And that's just kind of at the, at the low level, like most basic human rights. Uh, if we were to go higher the way they're doing social scores, it really is absolutely insane. I think a lot of people believe that China is no longer this like super strict communist country because there are businesses that are thriving there. But the fact is, is that this is not the type of country that we want in control of cryptocurrency and of Bitcoin. And I think it's very important that, you know, we all take stands and say that whatever country you live in, you know, your country is going to do what it takes to be able to prevent China from buying up all the power in the world through crypto and blockchain technology. So, uh, you know, th this is not a, a friendly regime. It it's not North Korea, but it in a lot of ways, it's not far off. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody wants China in charge of anything uh, related to crypto or blockchain, uh, which is why it's a little disconcerting that whatever they're doing lately is having big impacts on, on the markets. But I, it's, it's more perception to me than anything else so far. I mean, interesting thought here, but it could, uh, if China were smart and they want to go down this kind of weird path, they could tie it to crypto payments and you know taking away crypto and it can all be <laughs> it can all be one connected system which would be interesting uh not that i'm giving them any ideas but that that could be a that could you guys be heard it here first you can you can blame this podcast that's right that's right <laughs> and as far as you know the concentration camps I, I i know that's what you're calling them where can people find more information about that uh, there's a, a very good YouTuber. His name is uh, Kyle Bass, B-A-S-S. -S. Uh, if you just type him in a into YouTube, you can find out all kinds of information about what's happening uh, over in China. Uh, from what the Hong Kong dispute is really about, which actually boils down to the U.S. dollar, to the way they're propping up their own currency, to the way that they are taking out, uh, literally murdering high-level people in the country, um, and of course about the concentration camp. So, uh, you can find out much more about that, uh, through Kyle Bass's channel. I can't remember. It's, I cannot remember the actual name. We'll of put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. No okay, problem. Great. Okay. All right. And then uh, final question I have for everybody is if I give you a fictional hundred thousand dollars, what cryptocurrencies would you invest them in today? Well, I mean, you, you can't really go wrong with Bitcoin, right? Um, I, I'm certainly not not a maximalist, and I believe that the, the Bitcoin maximalists have actually 
become the establishment in crypto, which is, is kind of interesting. Um, but you can't really go wrong with Bitcoin. It's, in my opinion, uh, I believe it's gold 2.0. I believe it offers a lot more as a, a gold alternative than a cash alternative. Um, so I believe that its its value is probably always going to be there, and I do believe it's going to go up uh, dramatically. Uh, other projects that I, I really like for the next year or, or a few years, um, Tron. I believe Tron is the leader in the DAP space. I believe that the decentralized application space uh, and who can compete in it is actually getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, I believe that one of the only competitors that has a chance to get up there with uh, EOS and Tron uh, and Ethereum is IOST. So that's a another one that, that I do uh, like long-term. Uh, basic attention token, crypto.com. Those are those are also uh, some of my, my favorites right now. Okay. Uh, and with that, Ben, I really appreciate you being on the show. And uh, kind of my last kind of question for you is where can people find you online? Right. You guys can find me on uh Instagram and Twitter at BitBoy underscore crypto. You can find my YouTube channel, BitBoy Crypto, and you can also find my podcast, Beards and Bitcoins. All right. Thanks again, Ben, for being on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. A reminder that we are not financial advisors, and anything we talk about or refer to on the show should not be considered or construed as financial advice. We encourage you to do your own research and come to your own conclusions.